Kiara and I would like to acknowledge that we are currently on the land of the Darug and Gurungite people. Sovereignty was never ceded, and this always was, and always will be, Aboriginal land. Welcome back, besties. I'm Barsha, and this is... Tiara. Yes, um, welcome to another episode of Not To Be Controversial. We are so excited to have you here. So excited. <laughs> Today's episode is all about your conflict resolution style or your toxic friendship style, whatever. Choose your pick. We want to hear it all. We've asked you some nice spicy little questions on our stories as well on Instagram. So we're going to be going through all of that. But before we dive in, we obviously have to start with our check-in. So... Bestie, you listening right now, how are you? How are you feeling right now in this moment? Stop whatever you're doing. I don't care if you're running, writing, reading, whatever. Just stop and think about how you're feeling. Alrighty, Tiara, how are you doing? I am good. It's raining today, so I stayed in my room, finished an essay, did some stuff for work, and now I'm here. What about you? How are you, Vasha? I am doing all right. Um, I did something yesterday that I'm really, really proud of. I Ooh, what was it? booked a psych appointment. Whoa! Yeah, girl. <laughs> it's been a long time coming, and I used to go to one, and then I was like, you're kind of shit, and then she never got back to me either. So we kind of left it, but I actually booked it, and I'm just super happy that I did that because I feel like it's one of those things you can put off. But I I'm did so that, proud of and you. And I feel like I'm slowly. Thank you. I am very proud of myself. And yeah, I feel like the past week I have just been going through it with lockdown and everything. But I've also been feeling content. And I don't know. It's been all over the place. But yeah, I'm doing all right. Do you want to take us away into the topic? Let's get into it. Listeners, yes, you. I want you to think about a time where you knew you were either in the presence of a third party conflict or directly involved. How did you feel? What was the vibe of the room? Did your colleagues or friends agree or disagree? And in retrospect, have you moved past it? How did you move past it? And finally, what was the moment you thought, well, the shit has well and truly hit the fan? We all have moments in our relationships where we disagree and argue, and that's totally normal. It's even healthy. But it is important that all parties involved come to a resolution. And this is why today we're talking about conflict resolution. According to the Conflict Resolution Network, there are three types of conflict resolutions. Personal or relational conflicts, where it's usually about identity, self-image, or important aspects of a relationship such as loyalty, the breach of confidence, betrayed, trust, or the lack of respect. Instrumental conflicts are about goals, structures, procedures, and means, which is something fairly tangible and structural within the organization or a corporate context or for an individual. Conflict of interest concerns the way in which the means of achieving goals are distributed, such as money, time, space, or even staff, if we're talking about a work context. An example would be a couple disagreeing over whether to spread a bonus on a holiday or to repair the roof that they need to repair. Those are the three types of conflicts that can occur. Of course, everything is circumstantial, but today we're going to talk about conflict resolution styles. And there are five styles 
But before I go into this the five feels so styles, educational. I am scared. <laughs> so we just went through the types of conflicts that can happen. Of course, everything is circumstantial. But now I want to go through the resolution styles. If you follow, sorry, cheeky plug. If you follow at N2BC pod on Instagram, you probably saw that Vasha and I, we went through the five types of conflict resolutions and we gave one or two or three tips about how to resolve an about how to resolve an argument Vasha judging from our previous Instagram post and all the research we've done what type of conflict resolution style do you think you have I honestly have no idea and (laughs) that's like the worst answer anyone can give just comes on a podcast it's like I don't know there's a fun little quiz online that Tiara and I are going to be doing later. You know, see, see what style we are. But Tiara, do you know what you are? So before we find out what conflict resolution style we are, I know what I am. I'm going to go through the five styles very quickly because we don't want this to be too educational. So number one this is, is stand... so science I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> so the first style is standing your ground and by standing your ground you're essentially competing with the other party so you're saying fuck you i'm right i'm going to win the war and the fact is this approach is it's just not effective when you're in conflict it doesn't matter who you're trying to argue with it's ineffective actually actually i i disagree with that i think I don't know. I'm trying to figure this out for myself, but I think sometimes you really do need to stand your ground. And especially as a person of color or as a woman a lot of the time or somebody who's non-binary. Like, if basically, if you're not a cis white male, I think sometimes you do need to stand your ground. Is that that just a really bitchy thing to say? Like, oh, don't be be nice. I I think it's true. I think you can... Okay, yeah. To reiterate, standing your ground is important. However, it should not it as it as a conflict resolution style feels very I feel like it would not lead anywhere because you're not mm. your you, competitive approach has long-term effects and can be detrimental to your relationship with whoever you're arguing yeah, with. Sure. And the short term is fuck you I won. But Standing your ground, as important as it is, and I encourage you, men, women, children, boys, girls, non-binaries, stand your ground if you believe in something. Fucking do it. Fuck what the other person says. But also, you (laughs) have to remember that you're arguing with another person, which is why I think standing your ground is important, but it can be very ineffective. Number two, giving in. Basically, this is where you just drop your sword and you're like, nah, I can't do it anymore. You're acknowledging and accepting his or her perspective of the other party. And while this can make things easier and moving forward is much better, it can also lead to resentment toward the other party. As the party who accommodates will step down because they don't want to fight or they don't want to cause any issues. This is different to the third style known as compromising. This is where you agree to compromise. This style expedites the resolution process and sometimes the receding party might display passive aggressive behavior. So make sure to really take your time to consider how you're both feeling. Compromising is not completely giving in. It is saying, we agree to disagree. There are some things I agree with. There are some things you disagree with, vice versa. But all we can do is sit here and say, this happened. Fourth style, collaboration. 
Collaborating with the other party involves listening to their side, acknowledging their emotions, discussing areas of agreement, disagreement and goals, and ensuring that all parties understand each other and that there are no lingering feelings. Now, this one, I I think this one is really important, especially in relationships. I'm not talking about boyfriend, girlfriend, just when I argue with like my siblings, I try to collaborate, but sometimes I'm just really, really, really bitchy and... I stand my ground, but I think this is very important. I agree, and there's something that I want to say, but, like, go through your your fifth one, and then I'm going to say it after that. (laughs) And the fifth and final one, sorry if I drag this out, is complete avoidance. And by avoiding the conflict, you essentially pretend that it never happened or doesn't exist. Some example of avoidance include withdrawal, pretending that there is nothing wrong, or completely shutting down, or which is the one that I hate the most, the silent treatment. I think that avoiding the conflict is the, actually, this is the worst thing you can do. Scrap the second one. This is the worst thing you can do. Because if you're just going to have all these muddled Mm -hmm. feelings and not acknowledge how each other is feeling, then you are creating a gap between you and the other person. But avoiding the conflict is the fifth and final one. And in my opinion, the hardest and not the best one. I feel like we need to say why we're recording this episode and why this topic. So basically, Tiara and I ended up having a little conversation during the week and we kind of realized that we had some shit to figure out because at the end of the day, when you're doing this kind of thing with a friend, I think it can be difficult in the sense that you obviously don't want to jeopardize your friendship or anything, but then you also do have your own differences and I don't know, Tiara, but like you probably felt super awkward bringing it up. And I know I felt super awkward bringing it up as well. Oh, it was. That's the thing. We're two very like Vasha is one of my best friends, but we are two very anxious people, or at least I'm very anxious. (laughs) And I am also I'm not inherently a people pleaser, but I hate letting people down. So (laughs) I think that's a people pleaser. (laughs) Um, pertaining to this particular situation, I did not want to say anything. And a lot of my friends pull me up on this all the time. They're like, Tiara, speak up, like say something. You're not, Mm. the world's not going to end because you voice your opinion, which is weird because I am not afraid of running my mouth. Like I really am not. But when it comes to like friends, I am very careful. Hence why this actually, I, I revoke what I was about to say. This was not an argument. We literally just had a normal oh, no, conversation. No, no. We we have not fought yet. I don't know if we're going to, like, we fight. People fight. Once again, conflict religion. But this was not an argument. It was literally just us talking. And I was so scared <laughs> to just bring it up. But I think, I, I think there was a bit of, like, oh, I wish this other, like, on my side at least, I was kind of like, I wish Tiara would do this. But then we ha- weren't having the conversations about, doing things and it was just like a lot of hesitation on both of our parts I think and finally we were like you know what we're gonna have a chat like we're gonna schedule in a chat at whatever time whatever day and we're just gonna talk things through and I know for me after that conversation I felt so much better I was just like I feel like there's a weight off my shoulders because I know that Tiara's not mad at me and I'm just feeling really relieved of all the anxiety of 
bringing things up and I feel like there's a little bit of air and this is going to make the podcast so much easier as well just in terms of like planning things out and all of that and again we didn't yell at each other there was no like cat calling or whatever cat calling no I meant like cat yeah cat fighting (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) there was no cat fighting but I think it just for me it just cleared the air yeah I think it taught me that disagreements don't always result in arguments because that's what I was scared of I was like I don't want to fight with Vasha I don't want to fight with anyone like I don't want to die um (laughs) but that's the thing you guys your friends your partner your colleague you guys can disagree without hating each other or holding resentment or thinking any different of the other person or the relationship itself. This was a normal civil convo. I, okay, so with what you just said, I do agree to an extent, but okay, just speaking from experience here, I think with certain family members, I definitely do have my difference of opinion and it definitely has led to like resentment on both of our parts sometimes. And I think that can be the scary thing where like even with friends sometimes you can disagree on something so significant that it can feel like I can't be your friend like there's no way around this we can't fix any of this we just have completely different opinions and that's that and we're basically both fucked and this friendship is fucked like that's what it it can feel like that and I think when it's such a small issue like the one I don't even know if to call it an issue it was probably like something that we just needed to sort out But it can feel like, oh my gosh, what if it leads to that? And what if this entire podcast ends and then we lose our friendship and then everything just goes downhill? Like, I think that's what our anxiety is saying to us sometimes. No, I agree with you. I 100% agree with you in the sense that there are some people... I cannot be... Okay, there are a, a, a myriad of reasons why I will disagree with someone, but... A myriad? I will cut... But I will cut off someone if A, they're racist... B, they're misogynistic. C, they're just straight up anti-vaxxers. Like, I cannot take those people. I have family members (laughs) who are anti-vaxxers and alternative medicine-esque. And it's not that I don't... It's not that I don't... Like, it's it's one of those things where you can't... Science exists, baby. Sorry, you're wrong. Kind of beat, you know? So, I agree with you there. But also, I... There are certain things whereby, say, certain lifestyle changes or circumstances lead someone to having an opinion like religion for example people because of religions influences their opinion hence I would never cut I'm not saying I would never but I would not cut off a relationship or friendship if someone had an a a certain opinion Eh, it depends on how discriminatory it is and how bad it is but if religion is there, I would not cut off that friendship. But there are some people where I'm like, nah, screw you. You don't deserve rights. That sounds bad, but it's true. <laughs> no, no, no. I totally agree. But I, I find it really, really difficult with family sometimes because it's just like you're standing there and you're just like, you you are completely wrong. Like you are wrong. You're dead set wrong. There's, there's no way around this. You're just blatantly wrong. But they're your family. And I don't know. I think a lot of us deal with this on, you know, whatever occasions that we have as a family together or like Christmas Day or anything. There's always going to be that slight tension in the room. I feel like sometimes you just need to accept it and just find a way to shut your mouth and be like, okay. And I think sometimes the silent, I guess it's not the silent treatment, but I think it's the, I'm just going to deal with this and not say anything treatment 
is the way to go at times, but I think there's also this real battle between confrontation and conflict resolution. Like, essentially, they're the same things, I think, but there's such a negative connotation around, oh, I'm not a confrontational person. I just, like, I don't deal with confrontation, but the thing is you need to. A large part of me thinks that as well, like, oh, I don't deal with confrontation, but no, I, I need to. If not, my relationships are just going to go down the drain. Yeah. I don't know. What's your thoughts on conflict resolution versus confrontation? I think when it comes to family, it's really difficult because I'm someone, anyone who knows me knows that I really value family and I have a big family. So mm. it is something that I find very difficult. I used to have no, like I do have, it depends. So I have been in political discourse with family members who have contrasting views to me and I've either just sat there kept my mouth shut and then like ranted about it afterwards to my best friend or I've just sat there and been like no you're wrong and there's nothing you can do because because realistically what can you do you can't change their minds you're never gonna change their minds some people are just so sad I think there's a slight bit of hope that you can change their minds though, but then finally after too many times of losing your own mind, you're like, fuck, I can't. Yeah, that's the thing. And I've said this before, but people, sometimes there are things that just can't be reconciled. But Mm. we're here to say, irrespective of your conflict resolution styles or how you handle things, sometimes if you both or if you really want to put in the effort, you really should and you need to. However, there are just some things that cannot be fixed and some relationships that cannot be reconciled it's like love thy neighbor but thy neighbor has crap for brains and doesn't agree with basic science or doesn't (laughs) believe that um people of color deserve human rights kind of bit you know like no one it's that kind of thing and the whole confrontation versus conflict resolution style is when it comes to something as serious as contemporary politics or rights or health I'm straight up confrontation because I think that there's enough evidence and science and um and knowledge and and literally common sense and morality and just humanity and all of that exactly to pitch an argument so so I do it but sometimes I think that there are small things that I won't poke and prod someone about. Maybe I'm just a little bitch. I don't know. That's what, Maybe that's all we've learned in this episode. No, no, not at all. I completely agree. So we actually asked you whether you use conflict resolution in your relationships and what you kind of do. And a couple people said, like, standing my ground, um, either standing my ground or avoiding it. <laughs> Classic. And one person said collaboration. I think collaboration I I think okay I think collaboration is my favorite what do you think Tiara I think either collaboration or hmm either collaboration or compromising because collaboration is let's fix the problem let's acknowledge how we feel and compromising is just like nah uh, whatever it's fine (laughs) (laughs) I think you can do that with certain things and I feel like I think there was this moment in high school when I learned that and I was like, Varsha, you just need to let some things go and just not fret about Speaking it. Speaking of conflict resolution, 
one place where I really learned about conflict resolution and how I should or shouldn't communicate with people is in toxic friendships. Yeah, no, toxic friendships. I feel like any sort of friendships, I think it's the ones that are really good and the ones that are Mm. really bad that teach you the most sometimes, which is probably not the nicest way to look at it, but I think that's true. I feel like when you're younger, it's kind of like you you have those quote-unquote best friends that you keep losing and getting. I remember when I was in, I don't know, year two, I'd have this one friend and we'd just be like mad at each other during recess or whatever and then all of a sudden we'd be besties again. And I think that's so fine, but then when you get a little bit older, I guess, into high school... I okay so I think the problem with me was I took things too personally and I feel like when you're going through your own kind of shit you just start taking everything personally and and I feel like I lost a fair few friendships or I I definitely disturbed a lot and I think the I think the balance in it just went away um and I could say that I like completely lost them as well and a lot of it has been reconnecting now which has been really nice and I think I've learned the importance of not being so dependent on a friendship. I think I've learned the importance of not being so dependent on a friendship because I could definitely say that before I was. Like, if something was wrong in my life, I would need to tell someone. And not that I bottle it up now, but I think I just have a lot more healthy outlets rather than just finding a human being and being like, this is my everything and you just need to be hear and listen and it's definitely not just one person I'm telling now I think a lot of the issues with my friendships were because I was struggling with things within myself if that makes sense so you know how they're like you can't be in a romantic relationship unless you have your own shit together and it's kind of like that with friendships too in my opinion I think you kind of need to be a little bit whole in yourself before you go and try and find a bestie or whatever and because at one point it felt like it felt like a bit a bit it felt a bit like Harry Potter that I had like seven different horcruxes and every single one of my friends had a different piece of me and that's just not a fun feeling now I feel like I'm able to give a whole part of myself to people instead of just a seventh does that make any sense yeah it makes sense that's a great metaphor (laughs) it actually (laughs) is as a Harry Potter fan I condone I love I accept um thank you yeah Tell me about your, what's your experience been with toxic friendships or just toxic relationships in general? Um, if you know me, you know I hated high school, my especially the last two years of my high school experience because on top of having a sick dad and losing my dad, I also had to deal with a few people who, God bless, I hope that they're more mature now and I genuinely <laughs> and I genuinely wish them the best. And I was super isolated and I didn't want to talk to anyone. So I do acknowledge that I may have been distant from these people. So I didn't really, if they were trying to work it out, I wouldn't have known. But there was, they were very toxic um, and they had all the signs of a toxic friendship. So there was all lot of all there was so much drama and it pertained to the group specifically and people within the group but it would somehow involve other people in our grade everything was about them they constantly minimized my achievement not even my achievements but my good news my achievements my whatever they were very transfixed on certain members in our 
or not even our group in our grade and they crossed my boundaries constantly and they were obsessively needy and they were really jealous that I had other friends outside of school that's what I found really weird um so I and because of this I'm not used to when now when my friends when my amazing awesome you guys are the best friends now I am the best you are the best when they're (laughs) so like you guys that my friends and my family are like they're so accommodating that it genuinely shocks me and I was having a conversation with another mate of mine and he was like Tara you shouldn't be shocked that we do this it's the bare minimum Mm. and I get shocked by the bare minimum that's terrible but it is true Which is why I really value my relationships because I didn't get that throughout high school and I didn't get that in the last two years of my life, which was also probably up to date, at least one of the most difficult years of my life. So I kind of became more secluded, but I also feel like my positive traits that I do have in a relationship or a friendship were used or taken advantage of. I feel like in high school, you were just put into this environment where everyone is really, really competitive. Because I know so many of my friendships, I feel like they've just gotten so, so much better after leaving high school. Because I'm not worried about what grade they've gotten. They're not trying to put me down from my grades. And I think so much of my insecurity stemmed from feeling like my grades weren't good enough to be friends with certain people and just not feeling enough the entire time. Um, And I like I completely agree with you that you do try and seclude yourself because you think you're kind of better off that way because you ultimately have no option in the end. Was that kind of your experience? Yeah, and I tried to fit in because Mm. and because my grade or people in my grade were fairly conservative when I started doing activism and started educating myself more on real life issues not just subject to the grounds of high school I was Mm. ostracized I was made fun of and now it shocks me but now back then like a year ago I was used to it and I was like fine I believe in climate change I think people should have rights I read up on current affairs I'm a bitch like that's literally what it felt like that's how it was Mm. I don't hold resentment against them whatsoever. I hope they've matured. I know I've matured or I'm trying, but I think that it was in retrospect. And there have been people that have, that I am now acquainted with in first year uni now that that say, Tiara, I'm so sorry that I didn't say anything or that I didn't speak up or that you had to go through that or that I didn't comfort you or ask. I think when you get a certain amount of like platform or when people wake up out of high school they're like oh wait a second like none of this is real grades are I definitely was one of those people who was stressed about grades don't get me wrong but I don't think I ever wanted to impact my friendships but it definitely did to a certain extent and it was just really really frustrating as in the fact like as much as you try and talk to these people as well and I think that's a really important thing with conflict resolution that sometimes it's just not going to work and sometimes it is just going to be a certain amount of time before things get better or it is going to be a certain amount of time before you leave the space that is actually making things toxic because I don't think any of us like humans aren't toxic in themselves I don't think I think it's our environment that makes us really toxic and that's that's what makes it difficult because you're not sure if it's just a circumstantial thing and you're like, I can deal with it for another week or whatever, or if it's just 
something that's actually a part of them now because of their environment. I don't know. I found it really hard to figure out whether to actually stay away from people or not because like I do have love for them, but at the same time, they're kind of ruining my life. <laughs> On our Instagram, we asked you to tell us your toxic relationships and boy, did we get some. <laughs> this person said, okay, this is genuinely going to sound made up, but here we go. Throughout year 12, my life was a shit show, my mental health was bad, and my grandmother passed away the day before my trials, and so I crashed in them. I worked my ass off the whole year, but it was hell. I kind of became the underdog in my friendship group, and I think people liked it that way. Poor her, and stuff like that all the time. They were around for that. But when I got Art Express, they wouldn't congratulate me, then I got a higher ATAR than them, and a scholarship to uni, and they stopped talking to me. Now, it sounds ridiculous because you're like, surely this girl did something, it's not because of her ATAR or any of the shit, but literally nothing happened. The day after my ATAR, I lost two of my best friends. I know now that they are toxic as hell and I turned a blind eye every time they dumped other best friends throughout high school because I was still being chosen and that's fucked. What's more fucked is when I was shattered leaving HSC and had missed them gaslighting me, etc. I met literally 10 other people and then the exact same thing happened to them. These people who they thought would be their best friends till they died disappeared when their ATARs were released. It's fucking crazy. I cry now whenever one of my amazing friends congratulates me for something. They tell me it's the bare minimum. Tiara, this is exactly what you were talking about. Oh my god, this is literally me. Um, yeah, no. Okay, first of all, though, I just want to congratulate this person on all your achievements. You should be so proud so, of yourself. So, so proud. And the whole bare minimum thing, gosh, gosh. Okay, I feel like this is your alleyway. Tell us how you feel about this, too. The bare minimum. Um, it's... Yes. It's a... It's strange because you... you it's... Okay, here's the thing. You're just, you're not used to being treated like a human being or you're not used to being treated with common decency. So when I got a job, my, like recently my friends flipped their shit. Like my, my friend, I don't think she minds me name dropping. My friend Chantel, she was like, holy shit. And I was, it made me so happy. And I was like, I love and appreciate you guys so much. And then my other mate was like, Tiara, you're amazing. We're your best friends. We should celebrate you like this. Mm. And it just made me realize the, it's crazy. A year ago today, if I, I remember I dropped, hey, I got into UCID in my old friendship group chat of the girls I went to high school with. And you know what they said? What? I'm scared. Not congratulations. Not congratulations on the scholarship, not congratulations on getting in, not we're proud of you. You know what it was. What? Oh, no. Come on, just get to it. The anticipation. I feel like it's going to be terrible. Okay. What was it? O okay. They said okay. All I got was oh, okay. Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> That's what they I was waiting for it. <laughs> That's even worse. And I was oh. so, but that's the thing. You're waiting for them to say something terrible, but all they said was okay. Yeah, because if they say something bitchy or snarky, you can be like, oh my god, how could they? But if they say okay, it's just like, what? What am I supposed to do with that? What am I supposed to do with that? And what am I? How am I supposed to? I just, it's stupid. I feel like with grades and stuff, there's always a little bit of that. I definitely just knew some people that. They wanted me to have certain grades to fit in, 
But then if I did better, then they weren't on board with that. They were like, no, you <laughs> like it was just it was absolutely fucked. And I don't know, I think even in terms of, you know, like this isn't pertaining just to high school relationships. I think this goes towards like family and just people I know outside as well. It's like you get a certain level you do something and instead of feeling like proud and happy for you they're just like oh okay I didn't expect that from you and the tone of surprise is always just like the worst thing because it's like you you really thought that low of me like you really think that I'm not capable and I think it was only when I realized that I needed to stop thinking about what other people thought of me that I started liking myself for once and just was like I can do things exactly and that's the thing If you are listening to this and this resonates with you, then I'm just here to say you are more than capable of expanding beyond your current friendship circle. In fact, I condone it. Go talk to new people. Because the people that you had in high school, unless you are just exceptional (laughs) in that circumstance, but the people that you have in high school are not going to be in your life forever. Oh, no, not at all. Okay, look, most of them you're not going to see tomorrow. You're literally not going to hear from them in forever. And also, what I found is that leaving high school, I actually made more friends from my high school. Like, I talked to more people because you're not in that bubble. You're not in those cliques anymore. You're able to freely talk. And I think there's just something really gross about a high school environment. Like, I loved my high school. Don't get it me is wrong. Gross. But- it's gross. It's <laughs> gross. I enjoyed high school though like I feel like that's a really non not popular opinion it's an unpopular opinion to enjoy high school but I loved my last two years I loved my teachers and everything but I don't know if I love my friendships because it was just hard in that really competitive environment you're not allowed to like other people you're literally given your ranks and taught to tear down each other so yeah high school was a competition and it was at least for me personally, it was a competition and it was just get out alive type of beat, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I've got another one here. Okay, mm-hmm. thank you for sending this through. So, long story short, was with a guy. He told me he didn't want anything official, so we kind of were just hooking up. Not what I wanted, but I was infatuated with this guy, so I went along with it anyway. This went on for a few months, but then eventually he just stopped talking to me. Found out from a friend who also liked him that he went and got himself a girlfriend, but he never told me lol. Turns out heaps of people knew, but she only found out accidentally because someone let it slip. Eventually, when I saw him, I confronted him about it and he went on to tell me he didn't want to hurt my feelings, yada yada yada, and he was sorry. Obviously, I was fuming because that was so crappy, but he had the audacity to ask my friend, the one who liked him, if he reckons he should still ask me out to formal. Stupid me would have probably said yes. But she said, would props be best not to? So then he goes and asks my friend to the formal. And she says yes. And then, oh my gosh, I, I'm just feeling so bad for you right now. I'm so sorry you had to deal with this. And then, at the formal, he approached me with his new girlfriend and introduced me to her. And I was trying to be nice, but I was still very infatuated with this guy and it basically ruined my night. And even though he didn't want a girlfriend because he's not a relationship guy, he's still with this girl after two years. First of all, (gasps) all men do is lie. I'm kidding. But that was a lie. That was a big fat lie. Second of all, that was a roller coaster. Third, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Literally. What the hell? What kind of emotional, f- um, what kind, 
what kind of emotional clusterfuck does a dude have to put you through with all of that? Oh, that was just unnecessary. Holy crap. But what a vagina. <laughs> should we? I'm actually really enjoying reading these. I don't know why. I shouldn't be enjoying it, but I kind of am. It's just like... It's awful, but at the same time, I think we all relate to these really horrible stories of just, like, guys being like, I'm so interested, but then ghosting you next second and being like, oh, yeah, I have a girlfriend, and it's just like, excuse me. Then why did you talk to her in the first place? Yeah. Such a mess. Maybe we read out a couple more. Being treated like a therapist and not a friend. 100% relate. 100% relate. It is the worst feeling ever. What do you think, Tiara? Yeah, listen, I don't, it's not, it's not, it's not. Obviously your friends are there to be there for you and therapize you, but something that I've learned is that your friend is not your therapist, obviously. They'll always yeah. be there for you. However, go to therapy. But also, yeah, actually go to, actually I, go to therapy. <laughs> like it doesn't, like therapy, uh, I have therapy once a week. Mm. It is the best. It is my favorite time. And mm. it's just, it's a you time thing. But yes, your friend is not your therapist. Yes. Um, another response that I'm weirdly familiar with is when, this is from a dude, so when I would hang out with my female friends or even have female friends, I couldn't breathe. She was crazy overbearing. She controlled everything I did. I couldn't like girls' photos or hang out with females. And God forbid I, and God forbid I comment on another chick's photo, anything sarcastic or remotely nice. See, this is not, this is not it. This just makes me feel, the fact that that happened to this person makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, that's awful. And also the she that um, we were referring to is this guy's girlfriend. So overprotective girlfriend, we. Is it overprotective or is it a bit too much? I, I think that's, like, overprotective and toxic. Oh, yeah, toxic, yeah. Toxic is the word. I understand, I understand females being sus of males having female best friends. Like, I get that. Any girl would be like, but who is this other chick you're talking to that you're besties with but you don't really talk to me about? Like, mm. I'd be very sus. However, those ten steps of not having female friends you're not allowed to do this I'm sorry you cannot micromanage your partner chime out like that is not Mm. not only is it unhealthy but it's someone probably has an issue with having control over things that's all I'm gonna say yeah no I completely agree I've got a question for you yeah what do you think makes a relationship toxic so like we talked about the environment and everything but do you think it's always a lack of conflict resolution or do you think some people are just inherently toxic what's your thought what do i think makes a relationship toxic so toxic communication continuously projecting or blaming each other for things or gaslighting making people think that they did this or have felt this way Jealousy, controlling behavior is definitely a thing. Patterns of disrespect and breaking boundaries. If your partner has said, I don't like this, there's a difference between I don't like this and stop doing this. If I'm communicating to you that I'm uncomfortable with something, I don't expect your an immediate reaction to be, I won't do it anymore. I would ask that you explain and come up with that outcome or suggestion yourself. Another example is jealousy of your other friends or other people that you're in in contact with. 
And that, I think those are all red flags or emotional unavailability. Maybe that's just a, I don't know. Oh, yes. Okay. No, no, no. Emotional unavailability. I completely agree. If you're not emotionally there, then don't have friends. Sorry, but just don't. Oh, yeah. And if you're emotionally unavailable and not willing, if you're not willing to learn how to love someone or if you're not willing to be more emotionally vulnerable, you should not be in a relationship. Just like full stop. Yeah. No, get out. Like, especially a romantic relationship as well. If you're not emotionally available, do not get into one. Like, I'm sorry, but it's just as basic as that. Um, it's not for you if you can't do this for yourself how are you going to be there for someone else literally okay so tiara and i are gonna do this quiz what's your conflict resolution strategy and it tells you which one you are out of the five that tiara mentioned before oh my gosh one of the questions is i only win when my enemies lose like how dark is that how dark is that that's more i feel like a villain I kind of feel like Dr. Doofenshmirtz from Phineas and Ferb. Doofenshmirtz, evil. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I miss that show so much. So I tied with Style Five and Style Four. So what is that? So honesty and openness, and you equally value your interpersonal relationships and your goals. Oh my god, mine is such a. I feel like Jekyll and Hyde. I feel like Jekyll and Hyde because mine is style two and style four, which is style two is the one where it's like, you're really aggressive, bitch, calm down. You're not willing to compromise. And then style four is like, you equally value your interpersonal relationships because you aren't ready to give up on them. So you tend to compromise, which is a dichotomy, but also I'm quite a dichotomy. So I understand. I understand. Tiara is a complex human. I am really complex. So what was your top one? My top... Was it style two? Mine was style two, yeah. Oh, gosh. Mine was tied. They're like, apparently I have several preferred strategies because I'm just that indecisive, which makes sense. Queen. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a little bit all over the place, I guess, but kind of fun. I don't know. What did you think, Tiara? kind of fun yeah thank you guys for listening and once again thank you guys for all of the feedback and input we really love and appreciate all the support yes we do we shall catch you next week see you next week bye